Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet. Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy to digest manner and apply them into your daily life. In today's episode, we are going to be talking all things sleep. But first, if you are a returning listener, you know the deal. If you have not yet left a review, please drop us a quick five star. A comment would be greatly helpful as well. This is free content and sharing the message, spreading the message allows us to grow this audience and help as many people as we can come upon the free stuff. New listeners, if you appreciate this episode, if you took something from this episode, please go back and listen to a whole bunch more. And same deal. If you got something of value from this episode, from any of the episodes you listen to, Drop us a quick five star. We love you. We appreciate it. But diving right in, we will go through our top tips for better sleep no matter what phase of life you're in because no matter what phase of life you are in, the importance of sleep does not change. This is probably the one area that I think many people, number one, struggle with but also don't even realize plays such a vital role no matter what your goals are. If your goals are to gain muscle mass, lose body fat, just feel better in your day-to-day life. Your sleep is like the king of everything. So I think it's time we had a dedicated episode to sleep. We've obviously touched on sleep in various other episodes, but we haven't had one that's just all about sleep. So we're going to share a bunch of tips for you to get better sleep, as well as just like why it's important and how to prioritize it when life doesn't really want to give you the best amount of sleep like when you're about to have a baby or you have kids or whatever your situation may be. So let's just start off by talking about the importance of sleep and why why it matters. Sleep is arguably the most important part of your health and fitness journey and it's obviously for most people, I won't say most, but for a lot of people, the one that is most overlooked. Um, it's just something that we kind of accept goes away as we get older, as we obtain new responsibilities, have kids, get the dream job, X, Y, and Z. Sleep is something that we have normalized as being very minimal. It's it's fun to grind. You should be grinding. You shouldn't be sleeping. I'll sleep when I'm dead. I need to work. I need to make money. I need to do all these things that I can't do when I'm sleeping, and sleep is a waste of time. When in actuality, if you are not sleeping a minimum of seven hours a night, you are not being more productive. You are not feeling your best. You are not performing your best. You are not showing up your best for others and in everything else that you need to be doing. So, you know, when it comes to health and fitness and productivity, (laughs) sleep should be the first thing you prioritize because that's the number one thing that will tank everything else. Long-term health, you're talking about, you know, neurodegenerative disorders. In the short term, if you're trying to improve body composition, you are handcuffing yourself in regards to being able to improve body comp but also if you are you know strict with your diet and you're still doing all these other things very well even if you're in a fat loss phase you're losing more muscle because you're not sleeping well so it's all these things that play a role in hormone regulation and mood regulation in everything else that's going to affect literally every single dimension of your life if we're not prioritizing sleep if we are not making sleep come first everything else literally everything else suffers. There's a lot of studies on this and there was one study in particular that compared people who slept I think on average five and a half hours per night compared to people who slept on average eight and a half hours eight and a half hours per night and those who slept five and a half hours per night 
when they were trying to lose body fat, did not lose as much body fat and actually lost more muscle mass than the other group. So we have data on this. This is not just like you should be sleeping to feel your best, blah, 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 blah. Like there is actual data on this. And again, uh, health, normal health benefits aside, a lot of you guys have these specific performance goals or body composition goals, and this is such an important area of focus. This is something we have our clients track diligently, both both your quantity of sleep and your quality of sleep matter. Um, and, you know, one tool that we both use, and this you don't need something like this, but I really love the Aura Ring for the sleep tracking purpose. I think it provides such a great overview of what your sleep looked like and even if it's not 100% accurate it gives you a good idea we have a whole episode that we did about fitness trackers slash wearables things that we use so if you want to hear more about the aura ring and sleep and everything else that we use it for you can go listen to that but it really does make such a significant impact in mood and your hunger levels so even if like you think you're getting decent sleep and then you're in a fat loss phase and then maybe it's not as good as it could be, your hunger levels are going to drastically go up. And that is not something that we want to see in a fat loss phase because then that impacts your ability to be adherent to that phase. So lots of factors coming into play here, but I think we got our point across as far as why sleep matters. Sure. All right, moving on to how just how to get more better sleep. These are going to be general tips, and then we'll do kind of like a part two to that for those of you who need to prioritize sleep when you have little kids or big kids or just things interrupting your sleep. So and not just, you know, we said more and better. More is not always better depending on the levels that you're going through of sleep. And just because you're in bed for eight hours does not mean you're getting quality sleep for eight hours. So these yes. tips... Even if you think you already have the perfect routine and you're you're in bed for those eight hours, those eight and a half hours, that doesn't mean you're getting quality sleep. So these tips will still apply for improving that so you can actually go through those different sleep cycles and reap the benefits of you know recharging mentally, of actually recovering physically. Because if you're going through light sleep for broken light sleep for the course of eight hours, you're not actually maximizing what we're talking about here. All right. Number one, aim to get to bed at a consistent time every single night. This is arguably the most simple one, but the hardest one for most people to do because obviously we live different lifestyles. We have lots of things going on. Some nights might require you to go to bed later, but on average, you should be getting to bed at a consistent time every single night. This was a hard one to do, I think, earlier in our 20s when we when we just started focusing on fitness because we both came from like the party lifestyle the college lifestyle staying up late and then we transitioned into growing our business outside of our nine to five jobs so we were staying up late working and we we both just didn't prioritize it and and couldn't really prioritize it at that time um arguably but since we have started you know really making the effort to i mean most nights we're in bed at what time? You want to say this publicly? Yeah. 8.15, 8.30? We go to bed so early now, and granted, maybe that's just where we're at in this stage of life with having a four-year-old and, you know, another one on the way, but I have never felt better than I do right now, and it's because we really prioritize getting in bed early. We're not staying up late watching Netflix. We're not staying up late just 
doing random things there's always more work to be done there's always a show that you're gonna want to watch there's always gonna be house chores going on but we have really just pushed all that aside we do what we can we try to tidy up before bed and then we're both in bed pretty freaking early every night it's just if you if we're in bed when kai is waking up if we don't get the opportunity to be up and start our day before kai wakes up in the morning you are chasing your ass the entire rest of the day. And that's this is the first thing that kind of fucks me up when I get sick or something's off and I don't get my, you know, if I've been off on sleep for the, the past week or so, it takes me a long time to be able to get up at the hour that I need to get up to, get up at, um, to take advantage of that. I need to lift, I need to meditate, I need to do my cold shower, I need to do all these things before Kai gets out of bed. And Kai starts wiggling at six o'clock in the morning. So my ideal schedule is at the very latest getting my ass out of bed at five o'clock in the morning. And honestly, that has not happened in a little while because we had that little stomach bug after uh, the Tough Mudder trip um, and then the, the trip itself. So getting back into that re routine, it takes time. Um, again, you want to make sure you're getting those quality hours and you don't want to force yourself up on four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep, six hours of sleep. So that's why this stuff all kind of ties into itself. I think your mindset in regard to going to bed early matters too because for us, like, yeah, it's a compromise that we have to make. Like like I said, there are other things that we could be doing. We could be, you know, watching a movie together or, you know, other things. And there are nights that we do that. But I think that we just value that morning time and that ability to sort of reset ourselves and prioritize that morning self-care so much that going to bed is easier because we know it's going to make that wake up easier. I will also say, and if you guys have heard previous episodes or are familiar with my story, having had Barrett's esophagus, I often refer to that as a blessing because I was actually forced into most of the habits that I have today out of necessity. I would literally wake up feeling like I was having a heart attack if these things were not in place. And the first thing I had to make sure of, because it would immediately derail my day and I would have a terrible day if it didn't happen, was that I was getting seven or eight hours of sleep every single night. So that's why I have had to prioritize sleep and I've carried that habit over ever since. Um, it's not as, I'm not as sensitive to a little bit less sleep um, now as I used to be. But if I was at six hours and 45 minutes any single night, the following day was going to be brutal. So this is something where again, it was kind of a blessing that I went through this because I now have incredible habits in place that I couldn't avoid if I wanted to. One question that comes up a lot, I want to see what you have to say about this, um, just off the top of your head, but we have obviously a lot of people who follow us who are parents and some of them are parents of older kids who play sports and have different things going on. And, you know, let's say this person works a nine to five or an, or an eight to four or whatever their job is, they come home they have to shuffle the kids around, get everybody fed and to practices, and they're not home until 8 or 9 o'clock. Number one, I guess, do you envision that to be our lifestyle ever? <laughs> Number two, if so, how will we approach sleep in prioritizing that early bedtime in that phase of life? Kind of putting you on the spot here. I mean, that's how I grew up. Uh, Tri-sport athlete, baseball, basketball, football, so it was like that. All the time. I'm not really sure how my parents did that. Um, but I I will let that happen if that's what Kai wants. So that could be our situation, our scenario. If it is, and for those of you who that is 
real life. You're working and then it's practice and yada, yada, yada. Your shit's got to be tight. You have to be dialed in. You have to be organized as fuck. You cannot kind of let things slide and, and do it on the fly. You have to be prepped and take advantage of those breaks that you do have. If it's a Tuesday, if it's a Friday, if it's, you know, Sunday morning to make sure you are prepped for the entire week. And that's, I mean, that's part of having kids. You know, your job is to be the best parent you can be. Um, and you kind of have to suck up everything else that comes with that. So if there are things you need to do for yourself, if there are things that you need to get ready for yourself, there are things that need to be in place for you to be able to go to bed consistently at a consistent time and have these routines and some semblance of sanity, you need to be an organized and prepared motherfucker or you are going to be miserable. There's, there's nothing in between. And I think that's probably why a lot of people drive around with high anxiety and angry and miserable in general is they're probably in similar situations not taking care of themselves and constantly feeling like they're chasing their own asses but that is why you need to have protocols in place and habits in place and regimens in place and routines in place to take care of yourself because this is life and it is not going to change anytime soon so if you're not prepped you're fucked amen all right so that was number one aim to get to bed at a consistent time that time will vary and depend on what your schedule looks like but that consistency matters number two ditch the screens before bed this is hard especially in the the age of the smartphone where everything is just on our phones um but you know when i say ditch the screens before bed i mean try to not watch four episodes of your show in the two hours before bed or three hours before bed or stay up late watching those try not to be on your phone in bed don't have the TV on while you're in bed. Um, you know, these are just simple things that we can do and sort of shift away from that have sort of just become the norm over the years. I mean, you know, I think of so many family members who have TVs in their in their bedrooms and it was just kind of like what we grew up with, what the norm was, but we have never had one. I don't think we've ever had one. or maybe in San Diego we had one in your room because we just cuz that was our We had roommates room. and that was like our our hangout area too, but you know, since then, we have never put a TV in the bedroom. And I think that that has been better for obviously our sleep, but also our relationship and um, just being able to prioritize things like reading or stretching before bed or meditation or just, you know, anything else besides tuning out to the TV. That being said, if you are in this crazy schedule and you do like to enjoy, you know, a Netflix episode or two before bed, just get some blue light glasses. That, that'll help tremendously. Obviously, if you can swap that for meditation and reading in the hour before bed, fantastic. That's ideal. Um, but if you find yourself on certain nights where you just you need to unwind, grab a pair of $20, $25 blue light glasses. Um, I will say when I wear those on my phone, when I wear those when I'm watching uh, TV, I fall asleep decently. Um, I am not going through as ideal of uh, sleep cycles as I would like, but it's it's not horrible. If I am on my computer for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the size of the screen being that close to my face, it does not matter what I'm wearing. I could be wearing sunglasses and on top of blue light glasses, I don't sleep. I, I wake up three times a night. I'll be awake staring at the ceiling from one to three o'clock in the morning, wide awake. If I am on my computer within an hour of bedtime, I can just plan on not sleeping that night. So that's me personally and that's just kind of highlighting the fact of, of what sleep of what uh, the blue light is doing to your sleep cycles and then just sleeping in general. Um, there's also, I think it's another point, so I'm going to stop right there. Um, but 
blue light glasses if you do want to get some TV time in um, and you're not always reading and meditating right before bed. Right. Moving on to number three, no caffeine after 2 p.m. Um, and try to delay your caffeine intake at least 90 minutes in the morning. So don't be rolling out of bed and going right over to your, your coffee maker. Try to delay that. Let your body wake up naturally and develop that rhythm naturally so you're not relying on that caffeine. I love coffee. I am a Josh is back into coffee. We we both drink coffee probably close to every day, if not every day. So we're not saying don't drink coffee, but just be mindful of your timing of it because even if you drink it at like two or three or four, yeah, that's still plenty of hours away from your bedtime. But I was listening to a podcast and I think it was like the half-life of it stays in your system. So that caffeine is still in your system if you're drinking it later in the afternoon when you go to bed, even though it's been five, six hours. So just something to consider. Um, and if you feel like you need caffeine right when you wake up, or if you feel like you need it when you hit that two o'clock slump, I guarantee something is probably off with your nutrition. So the half-life conversation, you're basically, you have caffeine in your system for around 12 hours, like a decent amount of caffeine to actually affect sleep and everything for about 12 hours. So um, there will be a little bit as you're going to bed, still kind of circulating in there. And obviously it is significantly more if you're drinking that in the afternoon. Um, my morning routine to give you guys something to kind of, uh, relate with, if you try to develop something yourself, wake up, roll out of bed, hit the cold shower, um, meditate and get into the gym with some electrolytes. So elements, LMNT, the company, I am wide awake, ready to roll. And that was not always the case. Um, within that workout. So maybe not as soon as I start, but within that workout, training fasted after the cold shower with just the electrolytes or just throw some salt in your water. I'm wide awake. I don't even need the coffee for the rest of the day. Like I feel really good. Um, I do drink it anyway, two to three hours after I wake up and it kind of helps me with the productivity and my mood. Um, so that's why I still drink it anyway, like a cup, cup and a half, two cups um, total. But it is not necess it's not a necessity. It's it's not the thing that I relied on as I once did. Um, there was a time when if I wasn't having I couldn't have coffee, so I was trying to just pound tea and I just felt like garbage if I didn't get something in my system. That's no longer the case. So now it truly is a supplement and not a necessity. So once you get yourself into a better routine with everything else, with your sleep, with your habits, you won't rely on it as much. And by delaying that and allowing your body to actually get into you know, its natural flow, its natural cycles throughout the day, you'll notice that as well. So go through that almost detox period where it is tough to not start your day with it or work out with it if you are training first thing in the morning. Um, but I will say these are some of the best workouts I've ever had. And that is literally without food or caffeine. Yeah, I agree. I'm not working out first thing right now, but the cold shower wakes me up where I feel like I don't need the coffee. And then the element has been such a vital implementation of this pregnancy. I think I started pretty early on in this pregnancy taking it and it just makes me feel so much better. I'm less fatigued. I have more stable energy. I don't get muscle cramps. The days that I don't take it, I always wake up at night with a wicked calf cramp. Is that a Charlie Hurst? 
Charlie horse. I guess that's a Charlie horse, right? Mm. I don't know, but it's terrible. Um, but I notice a huge difference and it is so important whether you're pregnant or not. But, um, if you guys are wanting to try element, I will put our link in the description of the podcast. It'll get you guys a free sample pack so you can try every flavor with purchase. So you just have to purchase something from their website and you'll get the free sample pack. But, um, we both are very big lovers of element moving on to the next one stop eating directly before bed this might be josh's favorite it might be and this again came out of necessity so with barrett's esophagus i have slept with a wedge pillow for close to the last decade for those of you unfamiliar it is a i don't know one foot wedge so it starts like at the bottom and then it, it comes up a foot and it just keeps me elevated. And that's to kind of keep food and acid from flowing back up into my esophagus. That's one of the biggest triggers, <clears throat> excuse me, triggers for me um, in regards to like that chest tightness and just feeling really shitty and the palpitations, you know, all of that nonsense. But I have not needed it as consistent. I'll, if I'll still go through a flare up and I'll throw the wedge pillow back in. But having removed food from two and ideally three hours before bed, that doesn't mean you have your dinner and then like right before bed, you have a little snack, no food. You eat dinner, you finish your dessert, whatever you're doing within two to three hours, ideally three. And it's been night and day in regards to symptoms. Um, I also sleep so much better. You know, if you're still digesting and you're going to bed with a heavy stomach, if you do track sleep, you'll notice sleep was off. Your heart rate stayed higher. Um, your body's just, it's not meant to digest a ton of food when you're sleeping. Um, it also helps us regulate with your, your circadian rhythm. So for those of you who are doing intermittent fasting, I hate the term, um, but you know, you're not eating first thing in the morning, kind of delaying that a little bit. And you're also giving yourself a nice window before bed. It does help regulate your circadian rhythm, your sleep wake cycle, your natural rhythm throughout the day. Um, but specifically for sleep, I mean, you could notice this, I'm, you might go to bed hungry the first couple nights, so I won't say you'll notice it the first night, but within the first week, if you shut food down three hours, legitimately three hours before bed, you are going to start sleeping soundly. And then you'll notice if you do have a later meal or a bigger meal, it took longer to digest, you know, a couple hours before bed, you'll notice you had a shitty night's sleep. It's a huge, huge factor. Yeah, it's impacted me too, obviously, just because you're eating dinner earlier. So we all kind of are eating dinner earlier and... I will say it definitely was a little more challenging, I would say, like, in the first trimester of pregnancy, but even now, like, when we, I don't even remember, I think we were at your parents' house the other night, or we were out to eat or something, and we were ju we just ate later than normal, and I hadn't done that in a while, and I slept terrible. Like, I just, my stomach hurt before bed, obviously, <laughs> there's less room in my body as is, and it just... It was awful. So it made a huge difference for me and continues to help, especially being in the third trimester of pregnancy right now. All right. I don't know what number we're on, but the next one, try to sleep in a cool and dark environment. And this sounds silly, but it was probably one of the first things that we we did when we were started to prioritize better sleep. And now I cannot sleep if it's even, I mean, I think I need it to be at least 70 or 69 degrees if not cooler every night otherwise I'm like freaking out <laughs> but we both wear sleep masks um 
and I personally still wear earplugs. I know you don't, but just a few little tools that have helped me. Like if I am having trouble falling asleep, make it cooler, make it darker, put my eye mask on, and I'll throw in the earplugs and I'm out, out like a baby. So that was one of the things I, I cut myself off from saying before was the avoiding bright lights. Um, we actually replaced the lights in our bedroom with the those red amber lights. It's got 99.9% blue light free. So that's what we actually read with. I was trying to read by candlelight prior to that and it just did not work. It was very annoying with the flicker. But those blue light uh, bulbs we just put into our lamps Got them off Amazon. You can Google them. Blue light free lights. They're going to be either like a yellow. They're really or more weird of a red. at first, I will say. Like you put them in and I was like, mm-hmm. it's a nice ambiance though. It's very dark and it's hard to get used to at first, but you do get used to it. Like I now, like if, if for some reason I need to turn the light on at night and we've had those on for a while, I'm like, this is way too bright. Um, but they have made a big difference, I yeah. will say. That being said, if you were going like right before bed and you got all the lights on in the kitchen and you get up, you get a drink of water and you have those bright lights in your face, your body is trained to wake up. So you immediately actually get, I think it's a drip of, uh, of adrenaline that comes out, but whatever. You're waking up when, when those bright lights happen. So keeping everything very dim, ideally avoiding blue light altogether, swapping out those bedroom lights is a huge factor. Um, and then one more thing to, to kind of play with in regards to the tools. All right. Last one we have in this list is to aim to get outside within 30 minutes of waking up. If you can, even if it's only for two minutes and most of you guys are, you know, rolling out of bed trying to get to work. Um, and obviously this will depend on where you live and what time of year it is because sometimes you wake up and it's pitch black outside um but if you can within 30 minutes get outside view some sunlight even if it's cloudy it still counts and that can just help so much when it comes to falling asleep better at night and sort of setting your circadian rhythm so um that one might be a little bit challenging depending on what your schedule looks like but if you have the ability to do that it is something that can be super beneficial yeah and that's one that's basically a three-day payoff you do something what what you're sleeping like now has to do with what you were doing in regards to sunlight like three days prior but one thing i've been doing with kai if he is up super early um luckily it's summer and it's warm out up here he'll go outside or will go outside he'll play in his uh his water table and with his cars or whatever I'll just kind of stare at the sun for the first five or 10 minutes and then I'll meditate out there for another five or 10 minutes. So just kind of doing what we can, controlling what we control um, in regards to life, kids, whatever it is, making it work and kind of juggling everything. So that's been my deal. It hasn't been a walk every morning. Sometimes we'll take a walk. Um, He'll ride his balance bike. But the past few mornings when he's been up really early, he will just play with his cars or his water table and I'll sit on the couch out there and stare at the sun and then do my meditation. So little things you just got to figure out how to do what you need to do. Um, it's not always going to be easy, but there are typically ways to make it all work. That ties right into just our last little section here is how to how to prioritize sleep when it's really hard, whether it's from kids, whether it's from your job. I mean, we all have different scenarios. So aside from the tips that we've talked about, I think you, I mean, you, you just said this, you have to control what you can control, control your controllables is what I like to say. And, you know, yeah, you might be waking up three, four, five, six plus times throughout the night to feed your baby or to, you know, navigate 
a, a kid that's sick or whatever the situation is, you can't control the fact that something is waking you up, but you can control all of the other things that we talked about as far as setting up your environment and getting a consistent at least bedtime routine, ditching the screens before bed. So all of those things generally are in your control and it's just a matter of figuring out, okay, in this season of life, obviously my sleep is not ideal and stressing out about that is just going to make things worse. So what can you focus on right now? What is going to make it even just a 2% increase better than what you were doing before? Um, and figure what figure out what that looks like for you and understand that most of these seasons that you're in where your sleep sucks are temporary. So it's not going to be a forever thing. And it's something that all parents go through on top of, you know, business owners and whatever the other situations are. Yeah, this ties back into the initial start of this conversation. By controlling what you're controlling, you are preparing. You are setting yourself up for success. And if you were trying to do this on the fly, it's just not going to work. When your life isn't paying you to create health and fitness content, a la us, um, you have to have everything else in a line. And that's obviously kind of a joke. We have plenty of stuff going on in businesses and obviously kids running around here. So it's not all fun and games, but everything has to be lined up, prepared, regimented. And that might sound really shitty, but what's the alternative is you feel really shitty and you just are grinding through life. You're not doing the things you need to do to take care of yourself. So pick your poison. Do you want to just do a little extra work to make sure that everything is in alignment with what you need to do to feel your best? Or do you want to not do those things, complain about everything and just feel shitty and look shitty and just not take advantage of the time that we're here? Cause it's not very long. So kind of use that as a wake up call. If that is speaking to you a bit. You can complain or you can fix it. It is entirely up to you. And that's the episode. I think we're going to tie it up here. Um, hopefully this was helpful and you guys got at least a couple tips to get better sleep. Make sure if you did enjoy this episode, you tag us on Instagram, screenshot it, share it with a friend, or leave a review if you have not yet. Um, but we appreciate you listening, and we will catch you in the next one. Where can they find you? I'm at Alessandra Skutnik. I'm at Josh Skutnik. Everything else you need is linked in the show notes.